Thanks for joining us on the Equipping You podcast. Our prayer is that this podcast will encourage and equip Alliance pastors and leaders to live spiritually healthy lives and lead healthy churches. For more information about the Christ-centered Acts 1-8 Alliance family, visit equippingyou.org. Hey, 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 welcome back to Equipping You Podcast. This is season Diace, episode Cinco. For those that don't understand Terry's Spanish fluency, that's season 10, episode five. Thank you, Alan. I'm a you translator now. Obviously have the gift of interpretation, and I'm so proud of you. We're coming to you today from Columbus, Ohio, home over the years to a significant number of German immigrants, so that in 1865, I was not alive then, Alan, just in case you're going to ask. I did know that. One third of the population of the city of Columbus was German, and uh, still to this day, we have German village on the south end yeah, I've of seen that. Uh, the city of Columbus, and a great, it's probably more than one great restaurant, but a great restaurant, German restaurant called Schmitz. Hmm. So uh, come to Columbus and take advantage of that. I'm Terry. Church Ministries Leader for the Alliance. And I'm Alan, uh, Development Director for Eastern PA Alliance. And uh, Alan, today we're going to talk to uh, Reagan Rose on the subject of productivity. You've uh, tapped into some of his books and resources. Yeah. Tell us about Reagan. Yeah, I sure have tapped into him. Last year, um, I was really wrestling with wanting to produce some kind of track, a cohort, for the pastors in our district that would help them to think more deeply about their own fruitfulness, their productivity, and not just, you know, about getting things done, but just overall hearts and habit type stuff. And so I started scouring for resources, read a bunch of books, and then I came across his book, which is, again, fairly short, very practical, which makes it easy to recommend for others. And uh, so then I listened to a few of his episodes of his podcast and subscribed to his newsletter, and I thought, this is a quality guy who is really insightful and especially helpful to pastors uh, because of his perspective as opposed to uh, other resources that might not have such a biblical bent. Yeah, so looking forward to this uh, conversation with Reagan. So uh, just before Thanksgiving, in the heat of the pumpkin-flavored everything Grab yourself a Lester's Fixin' Pumpkin Pie Soda. I would love to try that. I would love not to try that. <laughs> but, but for all of our pumpkin enthusiasts, grab yourself a Lester's Fixin' Pumpkin Pie Soda. Sit back, relax. Here we go. And it's our privilege to welcome Reagan Rose to Equipping You Podcast. Reagan, great to have you with us. Thanks for taking the time today. Hey, it's great to be with you. So uh, we've already confirmed in our pre-recording uh, chat that you're named after President Reagan. So, uh, so right. <laughs> but we'd like our listeners to uh, get to know you a little bit. So uh, tell us about your growing up years and about your family today. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I grew up here in Southeast Michigan. I actually just a couple of years ago moved back uh, home. So I grew up here um, with a single mother. My father died when I was when I was just a boy. But a wonderful story of God's providence in in our lives, taking care of me and my um, my siblings, getting to go to a Christian school at a wonderful church we grew up in, and uh, 
it's been neat to see now that we're living back here in Michigan. I, I've been married to my wife for 11 years. We have three children mm. now, and we're back, um, same area that I grew up in. And it, it's neat kind of raising my own family in the spot where I'm from. Love it. Yeah, that's cool. Those roots, they, I think the older we get, the more those roots mean something to us to some degree. Yeah. So it's beautiful. That's it. Yeah. Drew me home. Yeah, so you yeah. said you grew up in a good church, but tell us about how you actually came to faith in Christ. Yeah. So by God's grace, I was saved as a, a child. We attended a gospel preaching church, and they were relentless about proclaiming the, the gospel to us. <laughs> I like that. Relentless. I like that. I yes. love it. Love it. <laughs> so it was, you know, it was one Sunday night, and they had been faithful to, to teach the word and preach the gospel again. And, and uh, my parents had been talking to me about it for, you know, the past several years, and I said, I, "I'm I'm ready. I, I want to be a Christian. I want to I want to repent of my sins and and turn to Christ." And we prayed together, and I was baptized the following years. And I, you know, had some rocky spots. I think the most believers are saved as children, kind of through high school and college, some rocky spots. But God was faithful. He kept pursuing me, and and um, in college, I got very very, very serious about my faith and about evangelism on campus and became part of some campus ministries and got into teaching Bible studies and, and those kind of things. That's awesome. Great. Thank God for good churches and and mm-hmm. young men receiving Absolutely. Christ I'm as a, they grow up. I'm Amen. a beneficiary of one of those myself, so mm. grateful. <laughs> so uh, in, in the goodness of God, He often gives us people in our lives to influence us in helpful ways. So uh, tell us about a couple of people who have been helpful to to you becoming who you are today. Yeah, I mean, I would be remiss if I didn't start with my mom. You know, I, I mentioned single mother. She didn't remarry, so she she raised me and my two siblings by herself and was incredibly faithful and incredibly uh, productive <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. and disciplined. I <laughs> yeah. think a lot of, I've told her, uh, a lot of uh, the principles and the things that I'm like interested in with regard to Christianity and productivity are things that she cultivated in me as a child. So uh, shout out to mom. There you go. <laughs> the other one, the other one was just my youth pastor, uh, Mark Butler. He, uh, he was just really faithful guy. He filled a lot of the gaps, I think, um, for growing up without a father, you know, teaching me a lot of stuff about being a man and being a Christian man specifically gave me opportunities to to teach and lead Bible studies and things like that. Even when I was a student, that um, I you know the Lord kind of that was some of the seeds that that were planted back then have kind of blossomed at this later stages in life for me. Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, you know, we we actually talk about this all the time, but we love that question because it's always God puts important people in our life that nobody else may know. That's or, right. Mm-hmm. But they made a difference to our life, and that really matters. Oh. And that's beautiful how God is so gracious that way. Absolutely. So give us a, a snapshot of your journey uh, in serving Christ so far in your life. Yeah, so I mentioned I had some opportunities in, in when I was a student to get to teach some Bible studies and share share my testimony in different settings and stuff at church. And so um, we, I served in the youth ministry, actually under that youth pastor when I got into college, hmm. and I did that for a number of years. It's actually where I met my wife. Uh, she right. was not a student; she was one of the <laughs> one of the other sponsors. Yeah, well, thanks clarify for clarifying. That yes, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. Thanks for clarifying. <laughs> uh. And so we got to serve there together for a number of years together, teaching small groups, leading that, and then I did campus ministry um, for several years with Campus Crusade. Um, ended up going to seminary in 2014, um, out in California 
And I was, I was a deacon there at our church out there, Grace Community Church. And now I'm back here in Michigan, like I mentioned, serving in our local church that we have here. I, I get to teach Sunday school. I, I preach once in a while. So um, it's been uh, it's been neat, Lord. Everywhere we've gone, the Lord's given opportunities for me to serve in the church and, and get to have uh, exercise my teaching gift. Yeah. Fantastic. Love it. So uh, we ask you to be on the podcast to have a conversation about your book, Redeeming Productivity. So how did mm-hmm. how did you end up becoming passionate about productivity? Yeah, well, you know, I mentioned I think you know the that sort of started with some of the things my mom was trying to get me to think about when I was younger, <laughs> but uh, some of it sunk in. But it was uh, it was in the uh, the back parts of the hard drive. Um, I think when I actually got serious about it was in college. I, I switched, I transferred schools um, my sophomore year. And I had I was not a good student in high school and my first couple of years of college. I just didn't try. I didn't care. Mm. And I was that was the point where I was getting serious about my faith and then realizing I need to be serious about the rest of life, too, mm. and take my studies seriously. So I was, you know, trying to basically give myself a crash course in study skills, just self-discipline. Um, how do I get organized? How do I keep a to do list? How do I actually get stuff done when I said I'm going to get it done? And so I got really deep into, there was a lot of blogs at the time um, that were talking about productivity. And so I read a lot of that, a lot of the classic books on productivity, you know, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, oh, yeah. Getting Things Done, yep. all yep. those ones that people know. Um, that's when I really got really, really into it. Um, and I think that that passion like followed me into when I was, when I started seminary and it kind of opened my eyes when I was there that. One, a lot of believers don't know how to do a lot of this stuff. Like I remember being there with other students that were starting at the same time as me and they would turn to me and be and be like, wait, is that paper due today? I'm like, how do you not know the paper's due today? Because they didn't write it down anywhere. You know? <laughs> None of us have ever <laughs> no. experienced that. Never experienced that. Yeah, no, that. no, yeah. <laughs> so I, I realized, you know, this is something believers uh could really use help in and more so the thing I was developing a conviction because I was still like eating up these productivity books and developed the conviction that God's word has way more to say on this than I think we really think about. And there's probably some necessary correctives to some of the worldly mm. productivity that, uh, that is needed. And so I, st- I started writing about it actually in 2016, I had a blog um, and that's really when I got very passionate about studying it and trying to produce resources that would help people. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I've read those books that you've referenced and others, and uh, and always tried to you know see the best I could be in terms of staying organized. Sometimes to much great effect, and other times not so much. Um, yeah. But uh, you know, it really never dawned on me till I read Tim Challey's book, which just a couple of years mm-hmm. before yours, that I had never read a Christian book on productivity before. Uh, so why is it so important to have a pr- uh, book on productivity from a Christian perspective? Yeah, I I think that, you know, Tim Challies touches on this a lot in his book, too, and that was very influential for me, too. Um, but I think one of the things you realize if you read a lot of productivity books, and you've probably had this experience, too, is it is not, I guess I would say it's not worldview agnostic in the sense that it it is presenting you a worldview, Right. Uh, any productivity you book book you read about halfway through, it gets real woo woo. Like even like I, I could any productivity book, if you get halfway through it, they start to present 
things that have to do with their philosophy of life. Uh, basically, the why behind why you're productive. And it make when you think about it, it makes sense because, okay, productivity is a function of your worldview because it, it deals with how do you define success? What does it mean to be successful? The world's going to have a different definition than we are. Uh, what is it? Why should excellence matter? Why do you care whether you do your things well? World's going to have a different answer. Um, why do we need to redeem the time or manage our time well? World's going to have a different answer. And so coming at it from a Christian perspective, I think it's not just as beneficial and useful as a lot of these techniques are. Like I still use the getting things done methodology. Mm-hmm. What we what we need to do is approach it from a Christian standpoint and go all the way down to the foundation and say, let's get this right. What does God's word say about these things? And then on top of that foundation, then we think, okay, how does this practically work out in our day-to-day? What are the actual techniques? But I think a lot of times we we sort of skip to life hacks before mm-hmm. laying the yeah. foundation. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So Reagan, define productivity for us, if you would, from your perspective. Yeah, I I have a, a couple of definitions, so I'll give you two because it comes at it from different directions. I think one is if you're going to do it in a word, uh, it'd be the word fruitfulness. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that productivity kind of comes loaded with a lot of baggage, uh, industrial revolution and all of that, you know, picture. Mm, yeah, yeah. You start thinking of your work as a you know, you're trying to be efficient and that's really what it's all about. But interestingly, you know, the word productivity actually has its roots before the industrial revolution with agriculture. You know, when you go to the grocery store and you say, well, where do you buy fruit in the grocery store? You buy it in the produce section. Ah, a yeah, a, a yeah. productive yeah. tree mm-hmm. is one that bears much fruit, right? Oh, uh, yeah. So I like the term fruitfulness, even in that phrase that just said bear much fruit. Like John 15, you know, I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you abide in me, you'll bear much fruit. Yeah. I like to think about Christian productivity that way. We're trying to be fruitful. We want the 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 Lord through us to produce a life of fruitfulness. And that, you know, that, that comes out in the good works, which permeate every area of our life. It permeates our job. All of that is viewing your life as as a stewardship. And that's the other word I use is I like to say fruit, fruitfulness and then stewardship. Um, it is what you do with this life to glorify God. What's the output of my life that I glorify God with? Um, and that's my stewardship. Great. Yeah, that's good stuff. Um, in your book, you refer to five pillars of productivity or fruitfulness, I suppose. Um, <laughs> so would you uh, kind of walk us through those? Because I thought they were really helpful as I read it. Yeah, so these are kind of, I call them the five pillars because it sort of is at least my attempt at distilling that foundation. What are some of the principles that would under the biblical principles that would undergird a Christian view of productivity? So the first pillar is that you belong to God. And I should say all of these are sort of in the format of it's something about your relationship to God. So you belong to God. And I call this the the origin of our productivity. Where does the desire to be productive spring forth from? And that's this acknowledgement that my life is not my own, mm-hmm. right? I, I was created by God. I'm redeemed by God at the at the high price of Jesus' blood. Like that means my life's not mine, right? So if that's true, then I need to make something of this life. I need to be. I need to recognize that that this life is a stewardship, like I said, and I need to use it wisely for Him. So I can't just. I can't ignore the topic of productivity. Because I'm like, well, that doesn't really matter. It's it's my life. I'm going to do what I want. No, mm-hmm. Christians don't have that option. It's not our life. Yeah. Um, second one is that you exist to glorify God. I call this the purpose of our productivity. What is it all 
aiming towards. And this is something that is is always missing in a secular book on productivity, for example, because what's the purpose of productivity? Well, I guess to make money, uh, to, yeah. to have people like me, to get six-pack abs. I don't know, like what, but it's all temporal. <laughs> but a, a Christian understands that the purpose is higher than that, more eternal than that. It's of cosmic significance that the life I live, the stewardship I live, is all about living a life that glorifies God. Um, third one is that you were saved to bear fruit for God. So this is, I kind of mentioned John 15. This is the content of our productivity. You, you ask, like, what am I supposed to be productive in? Like Henry Ford's Model T factory is productive <laughs> output. The content is, you know, churning out cars. Yeah. Well, what am I doing? Well, it's it's good works, not in that they contribute to our salvation, but that they are the result of a, a faithful Christian life. You, good works permeate your life, every area of it. Uh, fourth is you are uniquely gifted by God. And this I would call the source or the power of our productivity. So where does it come from? It's not just raw grit and self-discipline. That's what you're going to, you know, you read a, a secular book on productivity. That's kind of what they talk about is what's driving you. But for us, we recognize we've been, we've received unique natural giftings. We've received unique giftings just that are available to every Christian um, through Jesus Christ, the, the grace. We have access to him through prayer, which is a, a productivity uh, technique, which we probably don't emphasize enough that mm -hmm. we can call on the the God of the universe for aid. <laughs> um, and the last one is you're going to give an account to God. That's number five. And that's the motivation. I think in the New Testament, everywhere presents this, this motivation. Even you think of stewardship in the parable of the talents, um, this uh, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little, I'll set you over much. Enter the joy of your master. It's held out before us as this motivating factor that the approval and the reward of God is a motivator, a, po a good positive motivator for us to be faithful. Um, and I think that sometimes we underemphasize that in the church, but it is held out to us as a as a positive motivation for being faithful. Yeah. So those are the five. It's good. Yeah, I appreciate that. That last one, I think, is a point of struggle for some because they might wrestle with, well, God always loves me, so what is it about this approval or this pleasing God? And and it's true. Like, he never stops loving us, and we can't do anything mm -hmm. to make us love him more or less. And yet, you know, and I think you write in this in, in that section of the book, like, Paul strove to please God in everything that he did. Mm -hmm. So there's an aim to please God that is not about whether God loves you or not. And it makes right. perfect sense, right? When we think about our own kids, I love my kids, and nothing will make me stop loving them. They're adult children now, but there's some things they can do that make me extra happy, just in the yeah. choices they make, you know what I mean? It didn't increase mm -hmm. my love for them, but it really brought me pleasure to see them act that way, the way that I trained them, or they, and that's, that's beautiful, right? And that, Absolutely. When, we're, yeah. when we know we're loved by God, yeah. then we want to please him, not to earn his love, we already have that, but because he's so awesome, the best father of all. And uh, th that's a tripping point. Some people really wrestle with, you know, thinking, why do I have to please God because he already loves me? And then you're saying, if I don't please him, he doesn't love me. That's not true. But if we don't settle that, right, we're going to be right. stuck. That's, that's, that was a you're helpful, right. I really like thinking about that uh, fifth pillar. Uh, yeah, I book. do think people get stuck on that one. Um, it, it's it, one way to think about that I found helpful too, because it seems kind of self-serving too, somewhat. When you think of like, you know, we know the New Testament talks about like, you know, the the crowns and stuff that you earn for different things. You're like, well, that seems like I seem like a mercenary. I'm doing good things. <laughs> like, even even if you're like settled on like, I know that God loves me regardless. Like, 
but you're like, well, what? I'm doing this to earn rewards. That seems messed up. Yeah. But when you recognize that what you do with those rewards is they're just fuel for worship. You lay them at Christ's feet. Yeah. And so if, if it goes back to the first pillar, like, or the second pillar. If your life's, if you, if you want to glorify God, you're just so, mo- you love him so much, you're, you're just desirous to glorify him. Then it's this amazing thing that there, there's a reward for faithfulness that actually gives you fuel to worship him all the more in heaven. You have these crowns to, to lay at his feet. I, I just think it's a, it's a beautiful economy that he's created for it. Yeah, and it's, good word, it's something economy. worth meditating and thinking on. Yeah. Yeah. So Reagan, what would you say is the biggest obstacle to productivity that most people face? Yeah, that's that's a great question. I actually in my newsletter, I, I started asking this when people sign up for my newsletter. It's one of the first questions I ask them. What's your biggest struggle? And I've been writing them down for years. Wow. And so I have a little catalog of them. Mm-hmm. So I'll tell you a couple common ones and I'll tell you what I think is the one that binds them all together. Big ones that people mention are procrastination. I know that's I'm that's my probably one of my biggest ones. Yeah laziness, um, waking up on time. That one comes up a lot. People just wanting to hit the snooze. Yeah. Right. Um, but I see one theme that seems to unite all of them for most people that I talk to is this, this theme of consistency or, or I should say inconsistency. People want to be consistent. They want it, whether it's your spiritual life or your work or your health, you want to be the type of person who's characterized by doing the things you say you value. But like, I think where we find it frustrating, it's like, yeah, I started that Bible reading plan and then I stopped after two months because I got sick and I just never picked it back up again. Mm. Or I started that diet and I quit. You know, like, I think that's the thing that a lot of us struggle with. And that's what we want help with is trying to build systems and habits. They're going to help us consistently be the people that we want to be, that we know that God wants us to be. Um, so yeah, that's the big one I see, consistency. Hmm. It makes sense. That yep, makes sense. Sure does. So I've heard you say uh, that even though you are not specifically aiming to help pastors, that pastors are the largest group of people who contact you for help with productivity. What, what would you say are some reasons that pastors are the ones who contact you most? Yeah, you know, it it kind of baffled me at first that that <laughs> kept happening. <laughs> so it, in the beginning, there is some explanation at the very start. When I first started the blog, it was actually for pastors. It was called the pastor's week back in 2016. Hmm. And then I changed it, I think around 2017, 2018 to be more for Christians in general. And my, my background being in, in seminary and stuff um, out there, a lot of the people I knew that were first interested in it were, were pastors, but then it just kept going. And even still like, that's still the main, main thing. And I think one of the, there's a couple of things that are unique about a pastor when it comes to productivity. One is self-directed time. Like, If you think about most jobs, you don't have as much autonomy Mm. over your time as you do as a pastor. True. Yeah. You might not feel like it all the time, but like (laughs) you, you have like sort of set different things that you have to be at and you have to do in most jobs where pastors, they kind of this double-edged sword or it can be where you either give into working way too much because you don't have those natural boundaries. You know, you're just kind of always on call. You're always uh, at the church. Or you might give into laziness, like, well, no one's looking over my shoulder. So you just spend, you know, more time than you want to on social media or things like that. So I think that's a unique thing for pastors. I think related to it, um, that's very unique for pastors is they have to strike a very interesting balance between 
what Cal Newport would call deep work, like working really deeply, uh, especially when you're preparing messages and like you have to be undistracted and focused to strike a balance between that and being available for people like the shepherding stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think that tension, I know a lot of pastors really feel it like you you know, you've had those days where you're really trying to get something done and you keep getting interrupted, you keep getting interrupted and you're like, but I'm supposed to, you know, serve these people. And so I think that's, that's a big one is both of those, the trying to have healthy boundaries that allow you to serve people, but also to fulfill, um, your calling and be able to have time to do the deep things you need to do to, to pastor and to teach effectively. Yeah. So, uh, Reagan, if you could help our listeners take away one really big idea from this conversation, what would that big idea be? I, I think it's as simple and obvious as it sounds, your life is a stewardship. It's not yours. That's again and again, that's the thing I keep digging into deeper and deeper in my own life as I think about these things. It's a stewardship. I, I am a servant of the most high God. I'm, I'm under grace. There's, 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 there's a time for rest. There's all these things, but like recognizing that it's what I do in this life matters and it matters as my living sacrifice to the King of Kings. I just, I find that tremendously motivating, tremendously encouraging and, the all of the different practicals of well how do you actually manage your time how do you keep a to-do list all that stuff will follow if you get that motivation right it's my life is is my living sacrifice for him it's a stewardship good word it is a good word i'm going to ask you a question that we didn't really prepare for ahead of time and i'm sure you can handle it because you think about this all the time but you know a lot of pastors wrestle with stress you know of course Mm -hmm. during COVID, it was even more stressful um but how does you know, having simple habits of productivity help reduce stress for a pastor? Yeah, that's a great question. I can sort of uh, speak from my own experience, which uh, um, I'm not a, a pastor myself, but I think I, I have a similar schedule and I can share some of the things that work for me, I think are helpful. Um, the habits see like, I'll say this first. It seems like having habits or being disciplined with your time or having a schedule is going to f- make you feel more stressed. I think that's like our impulse. And so you, sometimes we think if we're a little bit more loosey goosey with our schedule, then we'll feel less stressed, hmm. but it tends to be the opposite. If that's a good word, you are scheduling for rest and recreation and family and all these different things that are important as well. But even when it comes to work stuff, if you have a habit or a schedule of chipping away at the important stuff every day or a couple times a week, you don't have that stress of deadline stress. Like I think especially in terms of like preparing messages, like I don't know about you guys, but like I, I'm, um, I tend to be driven by deadlines, you know, the urge, I need the urgency. Mm -hmm. But if you create a schedule where you have a little bit of urgency that you created for yourself, where you're like each day I work for one hour on this thing. And, and that's it. And you just chip away at that. What you find is you build this rhythm into your life where you're always, you're not feeling behind on this important stuff. You're always chipping away at it. A little bit's getting done. And when it, come ta- it comes time for the big thing to be done, you're already done with it. Sometimes ahead of schedule. That, that's that been a game changer for me. And I think a lot of um, pastors that would be very useful for them too is is just developing a better a better schedule that accounts for the different things they need to chip away at each week. 
Yeah, that's good. I appreciate that. Thanks for sharing that. And I would agree. And that's a good observation how, like, I know a lot of pastors that think they reduce their stress by trying to go with the flow. Yeah. And they're some of the most stressed pastors that yeah, I know, yeah. but the ones that manage their time wisely end up being the ones that are less stressed. So that's a really good observation. I appreciate that. Um, so, you know, I've, I found that your resources are pretty easy to find once I know redeeming productivity, because that's a pretty narrow Google search. Like, I just I type that in and you pop right up there. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> I got lucky with the, uh, with the name. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. Uh, so, but tell us about some of your resources. And obviously, people can Google redeeming productivity and find you easily. But what are some things that you offer that could be helpful to our listeners of pastors and other church leaders? Yeah, probably probably the best thing is the I send out a weekly newsletter, um, and that uh, it has I usually have an an original essay on that. It's just thinking from a Christian worldview on some aspect of productivity, and then I have a roundup of different links or resources. Sometimes it's apps that'll be helpful in you developing in your own personal productivity, um, and. You can get that and everything else I have on redeemingproductivity.com. Also, when you sign up for that newsletter, you get a little like a PDF morning routine planner. Helps you plan out like a better morning routine for yourself with time for devotions, exercise, all that that uh, some people found useful. Um, there's also I have a, a podcast. I'm not currently doing it, but there's 150 some odd episodes of that. YouTube videos, huge archive of articles. There's a bunch of resources. Just go to redeemingproductivity.com. You'll find everything there. Yeah, that's great. I appreciate it. And I've looked at some of your YouTube stuff. You know, you're just kind of actually walking people through how to use certain tools, which is helpful because sometimes for me, that's like just getting started seems to take a lot of time. So that's good. Yeah, for sure. Well, Reagan, this is an intriguing subject and you have a great handle on it. So uh, really appreciate you coming on the podcast and and uh, providing a conduit for our listeners to tap into your resources. I think it's going to be helpful to a lot of people. Uh, I know all of this is a struggle for pastors who feel like Sunday comes every four days, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know there's always more to do than there is uh, time to do it. But uh, you, you've offered some great assistance, and we appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. I've really enjoyed it. Well, a topic we've never really covered before, to my knowledge, no. on Equipping You Podcast. No, and I'm glad that when I brought it up to you, you were like, oh man, yes, let's do it right away. You yeah. were like, we needed to tap into this. Yeah, we do. And uh, he points out some interesting things about pastoral ministry. Mm-hmm. You know, I've always said it's the easiest uh, job to work yourself to death in, or it's the easiest job to slough off a little bit in, because it, yes. typically people aren't looking over our shoulder. So yeah, it's both. these are... Uh, important concepts. What 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 you taking away today, Alan? Uh, one simple thing and one more helpful, insightful thing. One, I do appreciate how we frame productivity as fruitfulness. Yeah. I think sometimes we shy away from things like productivity or effectiveness because they seem unspiritual. Mm-hmm. But, you know, hey, it's the produce section is where you get yeah, the fruit, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and to see it in terms of fruitfulness. I mean, we every pastor I know would like to be fruitful. Uh, and you know, and I, you know, he didn't say this, but I feel like you know the these habits can be like a trellis for our, you know, for how we're growing our fruit. Right. And so that's good. Uh, second thing is, I just love that last tip he gave on having a morning routine and and habit stacking. Yeah. Uh, I haven't. I have a good morning routine. I can't say that I knew about habit stacking, but I would say that it's true. Yeah. Every time that I've 
added something onto my morning routine, that new habit has stuck much easier than if I said, you know, I'm gonna try doing that at night before bedtime. Yeah. It almost always fails then. Yeah. But if it's in the morning, it's it's built on something that's already there. So that's a really pro tip on productivity. Wow, wow, you're amazing, Alan. <laughs> Thank you, Terry. Yeah. Uh, so next time uh, on Equipping You Podcast, Season 10, Episode 6, we'll have Larry Walkemeyer with us. Can't Larry wait. is a free Methodist pastor, leader, and uh, also works with Exponential. Yes. And uh, you're really going to enjoy uh, Larry as he talks about church multiplication and uh, does so with passion. He does. So uh, join us next time. Meanwhile, keep the faith. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Equipping You podcast. If you liked this episode, please consider subscribing and sharing it with a friend. For more information about this podcast and other ministries of the Alliance, visit equippingyou.org.